Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank our friends at Premium Bar Products for sponsoring this episode. If you're ready to step up your game at your home bar, check out premiumbarproducts.com to choose from their wide selection of glassware, all of which can be custom engraved with your personal message or logo. And there's no minimum order. So after the episode, head over to premiumbarproducts.com and check out everything they have to offer. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is the Bourbon Road. And Mike, I'm so giddy right now. I'm just coming out of my chair. I cannot believe where we are. <laughs> I know. I, I drove you downtown today and uh, brought you to the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience right here on Main Street downtown. Yeah. About what? Is Main and 6th? Between 5th and 6th yeah. Street. Yeah. Um, so we're actually sitting in their speakeasy room. And we got a couple of Evan Williams. Royalty. Royalty royalty yeah. in here yeah you to come in the speakeasy you got to walk through an old safe uh door which is cool in itself um and they got a gigantic bar in here and uh the photos in here just uh are amazing if you get a chance to come in here and, and come down here make sure you take a look at the photos on here so much louisville history on the wall i, I love it um but our guest today got two special guests we got Bernie Lubbers, the bottled and bond man, the whiskey professor. Uh, he's a singing, singing wizard. He's he's everything, man. He's all over the world. He's their whiskey brand ambassador for uh, Evan Williams and Heaven Hill. Um, so we got him on, and we got who else? We got on Jim. We got Jody Filiatru. Now, Jody, you're the uh, artisanal distiller here, right? Yes, that's correct. All right. Well, we are so happy to have you guys on the show and to spend a little time with us. You know, we've had to do a number of shows. You know, on Zoom and on StreamYard and, yeah. and, and you know, everybody's kind of had to do that. But it's nice now, um, even though we're taking normal precautions, uh, to get out and see some people face to face and record a couple of episodes. So we're extremely happy you guys invited us here and uh, looking forward to a great show with you. Well, thanks for coming and thanks for having us on. Well, we always like to get straight to the whiskey. And, uh, <laughs> man, you guys put out three, uh, to me, top whiskeys. Um, the first one. If you don't have it on your bar out there, listeners, you should go pick this one up. But uh, Bernie and Jody, they set out the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond 100 proof for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a good old white label. So this this is a part of just about everybody's bar that I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about this brand was uh, it really didn't exist until 2012 or 13. I mean, it was a. Uh, the only place that had, do you remember that old, you probably had some of those old labels of the Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. It was right. green. The green labels, yes. And it had like a little cabin on it. It almost mm-hmm. looked like maple syrup or something. It really didn't look like, it's a cool. short squat it's, bottle. Yeah, so yeah. so ugly. It was cute, you know, it was, it was great. But the, um, well, you know, we we had several na- uh, regional Bottle and Bonds, J.W. Dan, J.T.S. Brown, T.W. Samuels, Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond. And you just, because of the restrictions of Bottle and Bond, and of course, I'm the Bottle and Bond guy. I love all the Bond. <laughs> you know, it's a. Uh, um, you know, it's barrels you can uh, produce in a six month period. So right there, you're restricted right down to that, you know, so it's, you, you got to pick one. You just can't push five national bottle and bonds or else it's all from the same year, you know, it's off the same season. So we chose, you know, the number two selling bourbon in the world. And uh, boy, it's just 
that brand is just everyone's just loving it, and it's uh, it's on it's about cocktail you know all the cocktail bars love it, consumers love it, I love it. Let's drink it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, right. let's taste this thing. <laughs> so it's four years old, one hundred proof. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Welcome to the to to Evan and Williams. Mm. Mm. You know, for four year old bourbon. Man, you can't go wrong with this bourbon. Nah. I mean, four years old, bottled and bond, mm-hmm. kind of checks out, checks a lot of the ba- you know boxes, and it makes a great cocktail. You can drink it straight. I mean, or, or straight up on the rocks. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, it's it's very good. I tell you, right. You know, one of the things you said is right there. It checks all the boxes. I think one hundred proof sort of sits right in that sweet spot, right, Mike? I mean, it's right in that that saddle that well, you like to have your mm-hmm. bourbon in. Well, when you think of bourbon, you know, <laughs> like um, you do think of it's got a little bit of sweetness on it. You taste just a little bit, a tad bit of that oak that is coming out of that barrel. It's old enough to know, hey, I'm a bourbon. Um, it doesn't have an overpowering, that overpowering Kentucky hug. It's not going to burn you up or anything. It's a nice sipping whiskey for a great price, too. Yeah. So what's this bottle run in the store? Uh, it's it's going to be around 16 bucks for a 750 And so, um, you know, it's a, you know, the, the handle is, I forget what the price of the handle, but, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great price. And that's one reason um, it sells real well. I think it sold probably initially because of the name Evan Williams and the price, which is probably what a lot of our products do is Mm -hmm. fine. But um, you know, that, that bottle and bond, as you say, you know, I describe uh, words on labels as uh, um, you know, you have to earn them, you know, so they're, they're like, they're like men or women in the military, right? You gotta, they're medals. You gotta earn. You just can't get it, right? So the whiskey metal you have to earn. You can't just be made. You can't be made of molasses or sugar or fruits. You have to be grain, you know, right. to be whiskey. Then bourbon must be a not just grains, but it has to be a certain amount of corn, right? Fifty-one percent corn, and it has to be a brand new charred barrel. It has to, you have to check, you have to earn the bourbon metal. Then you have to earn the straight metal that's aged in the appropriate barrels for two years. Yeah. So you have to earn that medal. And then Kentucky, that's a good medal, right? You got to be made and aged in Kentucky uh, to be called Kentucky. But it also means something because of the experience, like distillers mm-hmm. like Jody and other folks around here. You just, you know, they don't have that in Florida, right? Those po- people don't exist down there. Plus, we have the water here. We have the seasons, the chains, the cold winters, the, the, the hot summers. Uh, you don't have that everywhere. So that's a good, good medal. But bottle and bond on top of that. So you have to earn all those medals. Then you got to earn all the, all the medals that go along with bottle and bond. Well, it's one medal, but it's, it's so a lot, you know, it's from one distilling season has to be exactly 100 proof. It has to be nothing but pure water added to get it down to that 100 proof from the same distilling season. You must list the name of the distillery and the unique DSP. So I call uh, the bottle and bond, the Navy seal or the green beret of, of uh, spirits because it has all the medals. So why wouldn't you want every single one? So cheers. It's like the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's good. Jody, Jody must have really liked his. He, I was, uh, I was thirsty. Got... By the way, <laughs> and uh, can I'd you go thirsty at a at a distillery? <laughs> well, you know, uh, try not to. <laughs> if you can help it, uh, you know. Sometimes for me, the first bourbon of the day, because this is my first bourbon of the day. I'm proud to say this is the first bourbon of the day for me, <laughs> because it is still a little bit early. But um, sometimes a little bit of bitterness to it, and for me. 
None of that present. Not even a little bit. Well, I can't say this. My first bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I met another distillery in a taco parking lot. <laughs> uh, so this is a, this, you might even call this a true thoroughbred, right? I mean, this, oh. this kind of, it, it hits, it hit, checks all the boxes. You said it's earned all the medals, like you said. Mm-hmm. And in Kentucky here, you know, we, we kind of look up to thoroughbreds as being kind of the creme de la creme. Right. Yeah. And one thing, you know, it's, it, it's, it stands by itself. I mean, it can, you know, it's, you know, you can, like I said, you can drink it on, on the rocks or you can, you know, make a cocktail with it. And, you know, it's just, you know, they're, you know, ready for whatever you want to do with it. Now, Jody, how long have you been with uh, Evan Williams? Well, I've been with Heaven Hill, our parent company, for 40 years. This August. 40 years. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so 40 years, you're, you told me you're from Bardstown, mm-hmm. right? Um, grew up just probably smelling the, the mash cook. Every day. <laughs> Every day. And you actually told us beforehand, you kind of grew up on a, a present day distillery grounds, right? Right. Uh, by the uh, where Luxro is now is my grandparent, my grandfather's uh, farm. So uh, he sold it when he retired. Uh, the Ballards bought it and they turned around and sold it to Luxro when they started to uh, want to build a distillery out in Barstow. Is that is that something pretty neat to have your family history? St- it's going to stay around for a long, long time now. Yeah, that that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, uh, to have that history tied in with Nelson County is pretty cool in Barstown because. But I, all my family has been in the bourbon business. My dad worked for Bean for twenty or forty years. My father in law worked for Heaven Hill for over forty years. So I've had you know family, you know. Tied into this, you know, bourbon business for a long time. Really, is in your blood. It's, it really is in my blood. And uh, uh, I had a uncle that sold bur- sold whiskey in Louisville uh, for over fifty one years. So I mean, it, it I'm really in, it's really ingrained in the the lifestyle around here. Now, what what does an artisanal distiller do? Well, we make one barrel of bourbon here a day. So uh, at Bernheim, we they make thirteen hundred barrels a day. Here, we make one barrel a day, and we make that barrel by hand. We measure out the mash bill by hand. We dump the grain by hand. We're running the steels by hand. We're taking samples off the steels out of the trap boxes, and we're running using hydrometers and uh, checking the uh, proofs and uh, making all of our adjustments by hand. So, you know, when I say this is a handcrafted bourbon, it really is. So is that that's just a uh, really just a fancy word for moonshiner, really. <laughs> Legal moonshiner. <laughs> uh, I guess. But, uh, you know, one thing that's it's really cool, though, is by, you know, making that one barrel a day, you know, you can do a lot of different things with that barrel. You know, you can make, we have made about, uh, I don't know, a dozen different mash bills here. So we get to do some different things, get to try some different things. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a whole lot of fun doing that. Was that always your dream, I guess, to become a distiller? Well, when I, I get a little quick little story here. <laughs> when I started 20 years ago, uh, I had uh, just finished up a, a job. And I was 20 years old. and uh, 40 just, years ago. 40 years ago. I'm sorry. 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 40 years ago. Just had turned, I was just at 20 years old looking for a job. So my uncle, like I said, he sold a, a whiskey down here. He said, go out and see Max Shapiro out of Heaven Hill. Maybe he'll give you a job. So I said, okay. Max Shapiro is the owner uh, right, and president of the company. Uh-huh. Still so, is. Yeah. So, you know, I throw all my best jeans I had, shirt, and I go out and uh, to the distillery. I go out to Heaven Hill Balling House on Monday morning. Walk in the office, knock on the glass. The lady behind the glass slides it back and says, I've got an appointment to see Max Shapiro. She says, you do? I said, who are you? <laughs> told her my name, told her the story. Well, Max comes out and he tells him, yo, I had a, my story, you know, and he says, who are you again? So he said, uh, go out and see our HR guy. Maybe he'll give you a job. 
So I said, okay. So I went to the HR guy. So they put me on a uh, second shift as a laborer doing you know, jobs around the bottling house. So from there, I was a label machine operator, worked in the uh, shipping department, loading trucks on a forklift, worked at the old distillery uh, down on 49, and then uh, went to the barrel warehouse and rolled barrels for over 28 years. So I started out there as a, a supervisor, I mean, a work a laborer, uh, working foreman and supervisor. And uh, I, you know, did that job for a while and I got too old to work in the warehouse, I thought, and this uh, and bourbon experience opened up. So I thought, well, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. So. Uh, so I, I didn't uh, got made a resume because you didn't have to back in the day you didn't have to make resumes. Got my daughter to show me how to do a resume. Uh, did a resume <laughs> first resume <laughs> first resume did a resume <laughs> and uh, got hired on as our assistant artisanal distiller to Charlie Downs. He was our first artisanal distiller here, and then from there Charlie retired and I moved up in his spot and been having a ball ever since. That's awesome. True company man, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and you know what better. Most distillers don't get to be in warehouses. They know about warehousing, but Jody actually worked in warehouses for 28 years, and that's you. That doesn't happen. So yeah. it's a unique quality uh, that he has on that a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spend a lot of cold mornings and hot summers in those warehouses. <laughs> yeah, I imagine <laughs> and, uh, so. Yeah, so you you really get a, a fine appreciation of, of you know. What goes into a barrel and what they do. And what I bet they, you know where all the good barrels are stored, too. I, I know where a few are. <laughs> <laughs> know what houses I like. <laughs> so, Bernie, what about you? What, how long have you been uh, with Heaven Hill and Evan Williams? Yeah, well, I've been with Heaven Hill since uh, September of 2012. And uh, before that, from uh, 2005 till then, I was with Jim Beam. So I've been with the number one bourbon company in the world to the number two bourbon company in the world. So it's been a quite a uh, quite an experience uh, to, to work with, uh, first off, uh, Fred No over at Jim Beam and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the folks, all the folks over there that, uh, Tommy Croom and, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, all the folks over there, just characters, you know, that, uh, that uh, most people don't get to talk to or hear, hear from because of the behind the scenes. And that's, but, but that's who you learn all that stuff from. Um, but the travel, uh, for the first year and a half, I just did events and promotions. And I said, you know, boy, I'd sure like to do what Fred does, you know, just kind of represent but I'm not a, I'm not a, family member or distiller. So how the hell is that going to happen? Right. Um, but I just decided I was going to learn as much as I could and, uh, no, no, uh, educate myself. Cause in 2005, uh, uh, there were 10 distilleries in Kentucky. Yeah. Today there are 69. Uh, we filled about 400, a little over 400,000 barrels as an industry in 2005. And today heaven Hill fills 400,000 barrels by themselves. So it was not something that was, that was, a uh, uh, popular. I remember when I, I went up to Chicago uh, when I first got hired on a Jim Beam and one of the vice president, you know, they, all the companies do a great job onboarding people and, you know, they, they just roll out the red carpet for you and they do lots of training and that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know, just socializing and that. And one of the vice presidents comes up to me and I was just doing events and promotions in Kentucky, an important job. You know, I are an ambassador, but I wasn't an ambassador, but I was doing, you know, running little, little neighborhood joints. And um, I only had, because it was Kentucky, I only had a budget for bur- uh, bourbon and whiskey. Everybody else had budgets for like vodka and tequila and gin and all kinds of stuff. But because I was in Kentucky, it's just that. And uh, this vice president comes and says, welcome to the company. We're so glad you're here. He says, well, where, where do you live? And I said, I live in Kentucky. He goes, oh, he says, it's too bad you're in Kentucky and only representing whiskey. Nobody's drinking that. That's the number one bourbon company in the world. And a vice president's apologizing to me because I only have a budget for bourbon. Yeah. So that's where bourbon was in 2005. 
which is pretty interesting. So I got to see, even though I've only been in the business for 15 years, I got to see it when it was kind of at its bottom and, uh, you know, and got to see the, uh, and a couple of years later, I was a year and a half later, I was hired on to be an ambassador for Knob Creek and the small batch. And, um, then I uh, started teaching about bottle and bond and words on labels like that. And, uh, people were just weren't doing that back then. And then, um, opportunity came, uh, uh heaven Hill, uh, got in touch with me and mm-hmm. asked me uh, if I'd come work for them. I was kind of vulnerable because it, you know, it was a bigger company like Jim Beam it had changed and it reorganized and stuff. And I had been stuck into a place that I didn't really want to be. So I wasn't looking for a job, but, um, I said, well, all we want you to do is be an ambassador. And we have, and they had so many bottle and bond whiskeys. It's very, very cool because I was a bottle and bond guy. And uh, so I came there in 2012 and uh, I'll probably end my career here. This is a great place, you know, being family owned and operated. It's, it's uh, real refreshing and uh, not that there's nothing wrong with Jim Beam and other companies are, every company's great and makes great whiskey, but, um, the family owned parts kind of neat. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, does Max remember that day you walked into his office? Do you ever talk to him about that? You know, I, you know, that's a good question. I haven't really, you should ask him me about that, <laughs> but you know, he probably seen, he sees people all the right. time. So he's not going to be not many 20 year old kids walk in and go, I'm here to see Max Shapira. And then there's Max Shapira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it's kind of um, neat. <laughs> you know, I bet it, I'd almost bet that, uh, you know, because you're still with a company, you've been, how many people were with a company, that long, you know, sure. I'm sure they're, they are a great employer, mm-hmm. uh, but that longevity, he's got to remember you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out one day. Right. <laughs> so I notice everybody's glass is empty, Jim. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a sign of good whiskey, right? <laughs> Absolutely. A sign of good whiskey. I was not going to leave a drop behind. Not of that stuff. I'll tell you what. So what's the, what's the second pour you guys got for well, us? Well, let Jody talk about this because yeah. this is kind of his, this is one of his absolute favorites. And Jody and I were both on the tasting panel. We kept rejecting the samples that they sent back time and time and time again. Chris and everybody was getting tired of us. We were like, no, it's got to be right. So you tell the story about that, Jody. Sure. So what we have here is the Evan Williams Masters Blend. And what's really cool about this and really unique is that it has all the Evan Williams products in it. It has the uh, Evan Williams 23-year-old. And, which, you know, that's amazing to be that old of bourbon. It's, you know, <laughs> blended in there, uh, mixed in there. And then the uh, single barrel, the 1783 small batch, or bottled in bond, which you just had, and the signature black label. So this is at 90 proof. And what's really, really cool about this is, you know, they have a set formula that they put this with, but the final product is finished by taste. Wow. So if it needs a little bit more of that 23, then we just got to suck it up and put it in there. <laughs> uh, but when you taste this, it's something that, uh, so so take about half of it. And then we want to put a, when you get done with that, we want to dry it a little something different. Just, just put a couple drops of water in it. Put a couple okay. drops of water in so, it. Ch- try it out. So cheers, go ahead cheers. and try this. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. What do you think? Like so that. having all those, even if it's the same recipe, having those different ages and the different products gives it a depth and complexity that is, and that finish is just, there's a, there's a, I can't describe it. It's either a caramelly or something that that's, <laughs> there's something back there. I'd say it's us. People don't like this word, but super smooth on that front end. Mm-hmm. And as it eases back, it's like a, give it a little a cinnamon train on the way to the mm, back. Yeah. Um, and something I think personally, I I really pick up some of that tannins that from that twenty three. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and probably that what really, I'm tasting. Yeah. yeah, and it really comes in there. I'm getting a little bit of almond on it too. I don't almond. know what does that come out of. Is that coming from 
one or the other. Uh, one or the other, or you know, pick barrel. up some of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. a little uh, bit of a nutty flavor there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just take a little bit of water. I just, I put a little bit in my cap, and then I just kind of put it in there, and then uh, let it uh, sit in there, and then so it's like two bourbons in one. So you get to drink half of it neat. And then you put a little water or maybe a little bitty ice cube in mm-hmm. it, and let it sit. And then you got a separate bourbon. So you get two bourbons in one. It's only available here at the Evan Wayne's Bourbon Experience. And it's readily available. It's not like you got to wait in line or, you know, sleep out, you know, and and be the first one in, you know. And it's, and it's you know, for a, a rare, rare bourbon, it's only available in one place. I think it's like 60, 60 bucks. bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. so, it's not bad. But something when you add that water to it kind of opens it up. And I think it gets just a little bit more spicier. Mm-hmm. Me and Jim are past those days of us uh, sleeping outside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've done back. it. We've done it, but it's been a while. It's been a minute, they say. Right? That's right. I don't think our backs will take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but I'll be sure to pick up a bottle of this. Mm-hmm. This is right. And yeah, it uh, it does get a little more spicy towards the back of the palate, mm-hmm. I think. You get a little bit more. Um, and it finishes sort of settling in now a little bit, too. And I'm getting a little bit of hug there. Yeah, you're Kentucky wrapping its arms around it your is, heart. It is. Always <laughs> Lovingly <about>. wrapping. <laughs> right. That's more like a pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> so this is called the Evan Williams Master's Blend. Master's Blend. So does huh? that make you guys the masters? Uh, as long as this bottle, as far as this bottle is concerned, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, master's distillers. So it's yeah. a master distillers kind of, uh-huh. kind of, uh, blending it together. So it's, it's a neat, it's a neat, uh, like I said, we, we reject it. And when he said that they finish it off or they do it to taste, mm-hmm. the they that he's talking about is, um, Mike and Chris and Tawny and they're our sensory panel. I don't know if that's a real title, but, uh, tasting panel, you know, sensory panel. but they, um, they, they just have so much, especially Tawny is, you know, learned, you know, you know, those other, other distilleries have buildings full of uh, food scientists and doctor people with doctorates. And, they, and that's awesome. You know, that's right. But Tawny's got the, the palate, man. And she's just, yeah, uh, she learned from a good, yeah. from, from, from Mike, Mike. Sonny, and he's been there as long as I have. You know, so he's, Chris on the team, if they have anything, they just know. And so she said she could probably never work for another distillery ever. Cause she knows what Evan Williams tastes like. And she knows what the, that's supposed to taste like at the end. She knows mm-hmm. what Elijah Craig's supposed to taste like. She doesn't know anything else tastes like it would take years. But so they pointed the barrels in the, the right direction of the products that they're going to go into. And it's pretty amazing what they, what those mm-hmm. two, three people do. Now, do you think the ladies have a little bit of an edge on us when it comes to that? That's what they say. And I agree with it because most every company, uh, um, I, I can taste. I'm, I was from the Parker Beam and and Fred No and uh, Jimmy Russell of philosophy. It just tastes like good bourbon. Yeah. And so I, I I really don't put that much, yeah. you know. And and it's interesting to talk to a distiller like Jody. Um, tell them, you know, like when you're looking for you're looking for what's not supposed to be there. Right. We're looking for the stuff that's exactly what's, what's wrong. <laughs> so yeah. when the I taste that, notes. I'm yeah. looking for the off notes, you know, the, the high fusel oil or, mm-hmm. or, you know, something that's what I can't pick up or something that's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I taste that, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So when I find something I like, you know, you know what you like. I mean, I, so that's one of my things, you know, you know what a good bourbon is, you know what you like. <laughs> and, you know, somebody might come up with some, crazy you know thing that they taste but you know i don't i, I don't have that refined palate to come up with those you know 25 things that's in the taste of bourbon or whatever it is but you know i know what's good i and, think there's a lot of truth in that i think especially for and you know we have a lot of new bourbon drinkers that listen to the show as well and a lot of times i think they might be a little intimidated by all yeah. the tasting mm-hmm. notes and, yeah 
But one thing I think holds true, like you said, you know what you like. Exactly. So when you tip up a, a glass of bourbon and it tastes good and you like it and it's enjoyable, it doesn't matter if the word is smooth or I like that or whatever it is, <laughs> you know what you like. Right. So exactly. The, calling out the notes or being able to pick this or that out, that'll come in time. But the most important thing is don't let anybody tell you what you like. Well, you like what yeah. you like. I always tell people, I said, you know, that's your bourbon. You bought it. You know, you enjoy it. You enjoy it the way you like it. You know, if you want to put water in it, that's fine. You want to put it on the rocks. You know, you want to put Diet Coke in it. I said, you know, but, you know, if you get a poor 23 and you want to put Diet Coke in it, go right ahead. But I'm probably going to turn my back while you do it. You know? I don't, I but just but, drink bourbon. But just drink just bourbon. Drink, just, drink just, just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just uh, enjoy it. Frankie Blair with our company, she yeah. put Diet Mountain Dew in Larceny. She loves it. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? Hey, if she bought it, she uh, uh, she likes it. I, I enjoy it. Good Lord, buy more of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did, a, we did a, a Coke show. We did a show where we. We blended different bourbons. We don't talk about who they were, but we blended different bourbons with Coke. We tried to pick it, pick out which one made Coke yeah. taste the best. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we got a little flack for it. But at the end of the I day. caramel's a tasting note in barrels. Sure. We right. got, What's wrong with that? We got more people <laughs> that liked that episode than, than didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, yeah, they give us a hard time for it. And they said, how mm-hmm. dare you uh, pour Coke in that? Well, you know what? Every one of those bottles that we had, Jim, we bought ourselves with our money. There and, and there weren't any unicorns there. We didn't play yeah. that game. This right. was, these were all just mm-hmm. off the, you know, regular yeah. available bottles. So. Right. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this is uh, this is nice. I, I'm I'm going to have a bottle of this on my bar it's for sure. It's just different. That just makes mm-hmm. it cool. Yeah. So and like, you know, like I said, it's, it's not crazy priced, overpriced. It's, you know, it's, it's good. You know, 60 bucks a bottle. You're not going to go broke, you know, drink it, but it's, it's got a really unique flavor. Yeah. And I think it's pretty, pretty cool. So we're coming up up on our break. Um, but I noticed Bernie brought a guitar with him. Um, maybe we can get uh, Bernie to go ahead and uh, take us out for our first half. Bernie, could you do that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah I, I do a tasting with uh, uh, bourbon, bourbon through bluegrass. And sometimes I have my, you talk about my buddy Hickory Vaught and uh, Steve Cooley and a few other folks that uh, uh, joined us over the years. Um, in that and uh, but over COVID here, I've I've written a, I've written a few songs, you know. So you're sitting at home, right, and you're playing the guitar, and and um, so um, I was thinking, uh, uh, you know, when I uh, my mom, she used to give us a, a, little, a little toddy or whatever when you got sick, right? You know, whiskey, honey, and lemon. And I thought about, it, I was like, oh, that that's uh, that could be a song, right? I, I, that you understand it, and then I, I, I was. I, you know, you're, I wrote the first thing about I hated it. It was terrible. It was, you know, I was a hokey. And then all of a sudden, one day, I was driving down to Bowling Green to to uh, just visit an account down there. Um, and uh, this came to me. So when I was growing up and I wasn't feeling well, mom would do what lots of moms did then. She'd kiss me lightly on the forehead But she didn't go and grab the aspirin She'd mix up whiskey, honey, and lovin' A kiss on my forehead and my cheek Spoonful of whiskey, honey, and lovin' A second dose so I could fall asleep I'm all grown up, full grown man, and my dear 
sweet mama, she is gone. I still get sick from time to time, but I will not spend one dime at the drugstore, so just like her instead, I'll mix up whiskey, honey, and love it. A kiss on my forehead and my cheek I'll feel better there right quick With each and every sip Her love's right there in the recipe So next time you're not feeling good Mix you some whiskey Honey and love it Get you some kisses on your forehead and your cheek You'll feel better there right quick With each and every sip Her love's right there in the recipe All right. <laughs> well, you know, you can't drink whiskey without glassware. And Mike and I are extremely pleased to have a sponsor like Premium Bar Products. Premium Bar Products offers direct-to-consumer the finest whiskey glasses, cocktail glasses, and bar tools with your own personal engraving. I mean, you can write anything you want on these glasses. Anything from a company logo to a personal statement. And there are no minimum orders. Their direct-consumer platform offers you the opportunity to purchase small quantities of your favorite glass shapes that enhance the pleasure of enjoyment and drinking a whiskey and make it all very positive. They offer the absolute finest trending and handmade glasses as well as a comprehensive range of styles and all of their items have been designed with purpose, practicality, and longevity in mind. So if you're a bourbon or whiskey group and you need custom logos, you need to reach out to Premium Bar Products. If you're an individual, you just want a few for your bar, to impress your friends, to give out as gifts, you need to call Premium Bar Products. They need to be your one and only source for custom glassware. I can tell you right now, the Bourbon Road, that's who we use. Janie and Carson and the team there at Premium Bar Products will take care of you. They'll treat you like family and they'll take care of you with every order. So, listeners, we're back here. We're at the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience, downtown Louisville, part of the Urban Bourbon Trail. And we got Jody, their artisanal master distiller. And then we got Bernie Lubbers, the bottled and bond man with us, their uh, whiskey brand ambassador. And you guys poured us a pretty special pour that... You know, you don't see this thing on a shelf anywhere else, really. Um, <laughs> just a couple places. So what'd you guys get for us? So this is our 12-year-old Evan Williams 101 proof. Now, this red is label. So, red label. So this is something that's going to be pretty unique. So when you taste this, uh, you can only get it here at the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience in Japan and maybe one or two spots in Louisville. But uh, this is something that's really unique, really tasty. So our listeners over in Japan, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> you, you know this very well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a brighter red label on, on that. Oh, it is. Yeah, so it's, it's not exactly the same uh, This is more of a flat finish, I guess you would say. But um, yeah, 12 years old and 101 proof. So, you know, in 101, I was asking... Um, you know, I'm, I always try to ask, you know, I, here's here's a little tip. When you go to a, a bourbon festival or you go somewhere where there's a tasting and there's a there's a there's someone like like Jody, who's been around for 40 years. 
or Fred, or when Parker Bean was 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 around, Con- Conroe mm-hmm. Driscoll, our master of solar now, if it's Jim or Eddie Russell, you know, ask them. They love asking, you know, if you really want to know something, ask them because they they have so much knowledge and most be just, um, they'd like to share it. So I asked Jimmy Russell one time, I said, where'd the 101 come from? I mean, you guys are iconic for the 101. I said, but there's 101, 103s, 107s. Where did all that come from? He goes, oh, without hesitation. Yeah. Well, that burning, that's, uh, that was the barrel proofs at the time. I said, I said, what? He goes, well, you know, we couldn't put uh, the one, putting in the, the entry level to 125, that was changed. It was 110 for a long time. And most distillers like us, mm-hmm. what was our original entry, entry proof, right, Jody? It was like 107. 107. 107, 107. Yeah. So most people's entry proof was 107 just to be under the 110, right? And so when you age it and it goes down in proof in the lower floors and up in proof in the higher floors, pretty much when it came out and you dumped it, 101, 103, and 107, I don't know why there weren't any even numbers, but those were the barrel proofs of the time. So pretty That's interesting. cool. Yeah. You know, I absolutely have not heard that before. Yeah. Nah, That's amazing. Either. Yeah. So, so just ask the question. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> and, 101 is one of those deals. Yeah. And, you know, most you know distillers, you know, they love to talk. So <laughs> you ask them a question, <laughs> they'll be happy to answer for you. And they'll tell you what, you know, I mean, you know, the, a lot of, especially if it's a, if it's a, you know, somebody has been around third, 20 or 30 or 40 years, they sometimes don't tell you what the, what the, what the marketing department or, or like somebody's, you know, you should say this, like they're just going to tell you the truth. Right. But there's nothing to usually to, to hide on anything or whatever, but uh, it's just, they'll tell you exactly what's going on. And that's the cool thing about, and I've learned mm-hmm. where the 101 came from. So. So I know that this bottle is something that uh, is is highly coveted, and people when they do when they do travel to Louisville, they try to make it a point of uh, picking one of those up because uh, has a good reputation. Yeah, I personally mm-hmm. think it's a little overpriced, but that's probably not a line that they want you to tell. But the uh, <laughs> um, you know it's twelve years old. It's I think it's about one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty bucks, one thirty. Like yeah, yeah. and uh, so uh, you know we make a twelve year old. Uh, Barrel proof Elijah Craig, you know, that's uh, six, 60, 65 bucks. Yeah. I mean, you know, half the price. So I'd, I'd be, if it's me, I'd be going for that. But the fact that this is the only place you can get it if you're not in Japan, you know, and there's probably not a lot of it floating around in Japan. And it does have a great taste. And it is not the same as the 12 year old barrel proof. So I'll just throw that out there. So I guess it is really worth it, but I'm just saying, you know, it's tough for me to tell somebody to go buy a $130 bottle of bourbon. And I think it looks good on the back bar at home too, right? (laughs) Well, it looks phenomenal. You taste that. Not many red labels out there. Maybe me and Jim could sneak out of here with a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) So when you taste this, kind of, uh, kind of get the mouthfeel for it. And then, and the finish, it's pretty, pretty unique also. Okay. Let's do it. Cheers. 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 Mm. Well, maybe it is worth 130 bucks. It's been a while since I've had this. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a whole new level. It is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, both both whiskeys we've had so far were phenomenal. This is uh, it's step up, step in a different direction. It takes than, it up a notch. The body, the mouth feel. Mm-hmm. You like the spice, don't you? It's right. I like the spice. Jam. I know it is. Um, 
I, I like the dripping on the back of my pad. It just it's just dripping. Oh, it's a back good there. descriptor. Mm. It is a it, it's it's a it's a long finish. And it it's is a, a long finish. It's it's got that uh, viscosity, that oily. Like I mm-hmm. call it oiliness. I know that's probably not right, but uh, you know you're but right. It's got it, a quick you know, finish. Drill. Mm-hmm. The, the dry. It's, it's dry. a dry finish. Yeah, very dry. Very it's quick. dry, but but the flavor lingers mm-hmm. very long. Correct. I think if you were a, a dry red wine drinker uh, and you wanted to get into the whiskey this would be right up your alley because mm-hmm. some of those dry red wines will have that little bit of spice to them. Um, and this definitely has that. And this is drying on that back end, which I kind of like very that. Pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah I, I mean, everybody's got their own thing, right? Everybody sure. likes something. Their profile differs a little bit from somebody else. And this, this thing yeah. brings something a little bit special to the table. Yeah. I mean, we were talking uh, off air before this, you know, I always hate those posts of people like, what, what bourbons don't you like? Or what's the worst bourbons you ever taste? I hate those questions because it really doesn't matter. You know, the bur- some bourbons that that someone else says they hate, I love. So why why does that even matter? You know, so you give them all a chance. Um, and here's two uh, expressions that are only available here at this visitor center. Um, but when you come to Kentucky, I know a lot of your listeners live here in Kentucky, and some of them who are from Kentucky are going to come to Kentucky. Um, we do have a couple products that are available only in Kentucky. Uh, and so uh, that would be the Heaven Hill Green Label Six Year Old Ninety, which is it's a it's a secret that's kind of cotton, not a secret anymore. So it's kind of getting a little bit harder to find. And then we we discontinued the the one seven five bottles of it, and everybody freaked out and thought we were discontinuing everything. So they <laughs> cleared shelves, but no, we're we're still making it. So, uh, but um, you know that one is only in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Six Year Old Ninety proof. Lord, it's like $14 a bottle. And then you got the old Fitzgerald Prime, the gold label, kind of in a squat bottle, I call it. Um, And that is a really great product. And it's got the old Fitzgerald name on it, which is really neat. So you can take that. You can buy a case of the old Fitz Prime, right, for little over a hundred bucks for a whole case, take it back home, give them away to just you know, friends only available in Kentucky. I mean, it's rare. I, I always, maybe it's not, but I always, I say the line, it's rarer than Pappy Van Winkle, right? Because you know, <laughs> it is, right? It kind of is, right? Uh, so, <laughs> but you know, um, I don't talk about, you don't have to spend a lot of money on life. That's why I love all the bottle and bonds. You know, Mellow Corn's another one of those, you know, the only bottle and bond straight corn whiskey that, that I know of. But some people always say, well, I've never seen that old, uh, that old Fitz Prime. I've never seen the Heaven Hills. I've never seen Mellow Corn. I said, you know what? Because you're always looking up. Right? <laughs> Everybody's always looking at that top shelf. You're looking for gold dust. And you should always grab gold dust because it's not always there, right? So if you see it, grab it. And you're, But you're stepping on bricks of gold to grab the gold dust. And that's fine. But don't forget to pick the brick up yeah. and put it in your cart, too. And you're just stepping on it. You're not even picking it up. You're just kind of turning your nose up at it. There's some great bourbons down there, not just from our distillery, but other distilleries, you know, that have these little gems that are that, you know, Jody, you, you know, the folks that you worked with. You know, in warehousing and in in the distillery, you know, they didn't wait for the gold dust, right? They had go to everyday bourbons, and some of the. What are your some of your favorite well, go to bourbons? They would get you know the Edwin's Black Label, mm-hmm. uh, JTS Brown, you know JW Dan. You know they would you know pick bottles like that. You're singing my song. <laughs> Me and Jim, uh, we did a a barrel pick in another distillery, and we did an event for that, our release event at a, at a liquor store, and mm-hmm. some folks come in out of town. I think they were from. Uh, I want to say they were from Michigan. Um, they they seen us and they were like, "What are you guys doing here?" And we told them, and uh, they were like, oh, "God, 
I bet you guys know a little bit about bourbon. I was like, we know a little bit. We're just two bourbon bullshitters, really. We're not experts <laughs> at all. Um, but they said, well, you walk down the aisle with us and tell us what um, we should get. And I said, well, grab a shopping cart because <laughs> you're going to load up if you're not from here. And um, all those bourbons that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. I said that JTS Brown, that JW Dant, that TW Samuels, mm-hmm. um, if you're not putting those in your cart, um, you're you're wrong. And he's like, are you serious? That T.W. Samuels is good stuff. And I was like, I drink it uh, mm-hmm. as a daily drinker. It, it I like it. Um, and that that guy left there that day, right? It is full cart, full cart, like yeah. full shopping mm-hmm. cart, full of booze. He's like, I'm taking all this back. Sure. And obviously the liquor store did him a favor. Friend of ours, he's like, thank thank you so much. Uh, yeah. He's like, you, you you told him what I probably couldn't tell him, but I do the challenge where I say I'll take a hundred bucks. Into a liquor store, and you'll take a hundred bucks into a liquor store, and my cart's going to be more full, and in my opinion, have not not better than yours, but I, I just fuller and just as good a quality, if not more. And you might just buy one bottle that's eighty five bucks and go, oh, well, you've got fifteen bucks left. Well, hell, all those bourbons we mentioned, we, we still got money left over. <laughs> we can put all those in the cart and still have a little bit left over yes, to, to put something else in the cart. Buy a few cigars. In right. <laughs> or some cigars. <laughs> no, I think, it's, I think it's really nice to see a lot of the younger, newer distilleries, the craft distilleries, jumping on the bottle and bond wagon, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, but you spent kind of a, a good portion of your career educating people on that. And and how many, exactly how many expressions are we talking about here that are coming out of the distillery? Well, I, you're exactly right. There um, and I, the way I look at it is because it's so hard to achieve that designation of bottle and bomb. I think it's a way you'd have to ask the distillers, like the you know, New Rift did it, Wilderness Trail did it. Um, you know, Wilderness Trail did the very first thing. They didn't come out with anything until they had bottle and bomb, which is pretty cool. Um, but I think it's a way to to uh, to make them look legitimate as real players in the marketplace to come out with a bottle and bond. And I hope that's what one, one of the things they're trying to do achieve it. But so I mentioned there's uh, 69 distilleries in Kentucky. There's 1800 craft distillers. There's still t- 10 major distilleries. We make dozens of labels. Let's just say everybody makes two labels each. That means there's over, there's between three and 4,000 labels of American whiskey on the landscape today. And to my knowledge, there's less than 40 bottle and bonds. Yeah. So that's why I call them the Green Beret and the Navy Seals. You know, because I remember the one of the first movies I went to at the up at the Uptown Theater in uh, in the uh, Highlands here uh, when I was a little kid. When it was a theater, one Qdoba, it was a theater, right? and it was John Wayne, and it was the Green Beret. And I remember there was a there was a album that sold with it, and Master Sergeant Barry Sadler sang the title tune, right? And it's uh, but he says, uh, "Put silver wings on my son's chest." Make him one of America's best. 100 men will test today, but only three of the Green Beret. Ah. So that's why I call Ball and Bond the Green Beret of, of spirits, because the other one's washed out. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. That, that, there's a funny thing about uh, at Fort Bragg, uh, North Carolina, the place where you go to become a Green Beret. A veteran uh, Boulevard down there. The place, and you can't stop there and look at it. Uh, uh, MP will pull up and tell you, uh, get on. Um, but that place is called John Wayne High School. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, or John Wayne University mm-hmm. or whatever they call it. Um, yeah. But that's, they say that's where men go to become men right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so hats off to those guys that, that have that fortitude to go through that school right there. Here, here. Yeah. Um, but back to our bottle and bond. Uh, if you're a listener and you're not picking up some bottle and bond, one of these these bottles, 
on. You better do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jody, I know you're, uh, you you, you got to go. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us. Uh, well, well, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Uh, I appreciate y'all uh, letting me come in and, and talk a little bit and, and uh, share it with Bernie. Yeah. And, uh, and like I say, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to this. All right. Now, now, don't pat me down when I leave because I might have some of this untucked under my arm. Uh, like I say, cool, uh, I appreciate it again. So. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jody. Uh-huh. Appreciate yeah. it. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the experience here yeah. at, at Evan Williams. Um, we were the first uh, at Evan Williams Bourbon Experience in 2013 to open up um, in November there to um, uh, have a distillery in downtown Louisville. And now there's 10, I believe. So uh, so it is really interesting to uh, we were the first to plant the flag of having a distillery in downtown Louisville. Now, of course, you have Brown Foreman and, of course, our distillery's technically downtown. Uh, but you know, we don't have tours. You know? mm-hmm. So the places you can come. So um, And then since then, like I said, 10, 10, 10 other distilleries. Pretty amazing. And then you still have the Urban Bourbon Trail because – what they the the brilliance of that urban bourbon trail was I just went and visited four distilleries and I like to come and have whiskey from all those distilleries. Well, back then people didn't have whiskeys from every distillery on their back bar. So it's kind of a way to guarantee that whoever you visited that day, because most people stay in Louisville or Lexington or Bardstown. Sure. Uh, there's not a lot of hotels in some of these little towns that have distilleries and, and, and now with Airbnb, that helps out a whole lot, but still, uh, so that's where all that came from. So, um, so we're, we're proud to be the first and, uh, this, uh, you know, we call it the Evan Williams experience because it's our flagship brand. Uh, I call it the engine that pulls the train at Heaven Hill there, which you got to have a strong engine and it is the number two selling bourbon in the world, Evan Williams. Um, and it is, uh, growing at a, at a very big pace. You just think about that. Little Evan Williams, you know, that you sometimes look down on and scoff at, right? That that uh, it's always on the bottom shelf and it shouldn't be on the bottom shelf, right? So it should be in the somewhere in the middle part there, but still, um, you know. But it outsells Maker's Mark, it outsells Wild Turkey, it outsells Bullet. I mean, those are amazing brands, right? And you think if I told you that uh, Evan Williams outsold Maker's Mark, you'd say, "No, he's full of shit." Right. I'm but learning all kinds of stuff today. Yeah, this is yeah. really great. I, yeah. I, I would have believed it would outsell it because your common drinker, your common liquor store guy um, that goes in there uh, that's been drinking bourbon since high school. Yeah. Right? They're typically going to go for that bottom shelf. They're not going to nerd out on that whiskey. They're going to be like, well, that's what I can afford today. I'm, I'm on a budget. Well, My blue collar guy, yeah. right? Well, you're buying a 175 yeah. and it's easier to buy a $21, $22, 175 than a 40, $48, 49 $50 bottle. And it's just price. Uh, but, you know. And Makers is awesome. I'm not putting anything down about, you know, my cousin's a master distiller over there. Um, oh, okay. Denny Potter, you know. Um, we didn't know we were cousins until about a year ago. And then he did a DNA, a heritage DNA kind of thing. And he's like, uh, he says, um, uh, George and uh, Gertrude. And I'm like, those are my grandparents. He goes, oh, oh shit, I think we're cousins, right? <laughs> so turns out we're cousins. So, hey, cuz. So, um, uh, but, um, uh, you know, it's just price does a lot of things. And, and they're both amazing brands. But if I just told you that Evan Williams outsold that, you wouldn't believe me but it does pretty neat i think i would take a lot of people by surprise mm-hmm. really They're not you because you, you seem to <laughs> you seem to have an insight there Mike. Well, I, I do i, I do the, you know when it comes to the blue collar guy the the working man the guy that's working in the factory the guy that's working in a restaurant um and you know they're they're on a limited budget mm-hmm. you know you can't always reach for something 
once a week that cost you 30 or 40 bucks because then you're going to take some off your dinner table right yeah. um so if you can spend 15 though yeah, yeah. Um, and we have and we have products that are several hundred dollars i mean we 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 have soup to nuts as they say you know we we have that but uh it's hard to live and die with a hundred dollar bottle like during covid you know, yeah. hopefully you're listening to this two, three years from now. And I remember the, the days of COVID, right? Uh, but, um, or just in any time, if you, if your bottle's $85 or $100, dollars, that's not your everyday bourbon. No. And if it is, you know, good for you. You yeah, know, good for yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> either scrimping and saving and, and, and doing that, or you just got, a, you know, good amount of expo, you know, expendable income to be able to do that. So back to the, the distillery here. So mm-hmm. I feel like I have received a bit of an education today. I guess that's why they call you the whiskey professor. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've got what, what can people expect here at the distillery? So um, here, this is a building we're in. Um, Right about six in Maine. And it's a building that the family, the Shapiro family owned. Uh, and it housed the offices and it was a, a, a warehouse for uh, their department store business. And that's when they got into business. They're in after prohibition, their business was not affected by prohibition. They did not sell liquor or make liquor. They were in the department store business. So they had some money to invest and um, and they did. Uh, but this building was that. Uh, was that company. And of course that uh, they hadn't been used in that company or do anything with that. So they had this building and they're like, you know, it was Harry Shapira actually. And Harry was the one who kind of ran that department store business. So he loves retail. He loves selling shirts and hats and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, what if we, what if we turned this into a visitor's experience in downtown Louisville? Ah, oh, that, that can't work, right? There's no distillery downtown. There's nothing to visit. And he, goes, and he had the vision. And then he sold his cousin Max on it. And, and Max, I mean, they, they taught, you know, it's, it's family. It's, it's their money. You know, they could take, you know, it's just, just, even though they own the building, they gutted it, right? There's, you know, I think it was 12 or $13 million they put in that. that I mean, I always think about that. When our family makes an investment like that, that's $13 million they could have kept in their pockets mm-hmm. and gone to the south of France or wherever rich people go, right? And just and, and have a great life the rest of your life. Eh? But they invested in the future of the company. Max tells me all the time, Bernie, I want to be family owned and operated 100 years from now. And you have to invest and you have to put back and you often, you want your communities to do well. We want the whole industry to do well because we can't, you can't be a bourbon attraction with one distillery. So we want 20 distill, uh, uh, visitor centers in downtown Louisville. So when other people have them, we were like, oh no, what's happening? We're like, oh, great. Yeah, right? you know? yeah. And so, so when you come here, because it's a shotgun building, you're not really going to see a typical tour. You're going to see the history of Evan Williams, who was one of the founding fathers of the city of Louisville, and that he was the first. Uh, he was a um, he collected taxes uh, on the wharf. He was a wharf master, which sounds like something from Star Star Trek. Uh, you know, wharf the, uh, the the Klingon. <laughs> but the um, so he collected taxes. He was a builder. He built the first jail. And he built the first courthouse. And I think that's a little unfair. You know, that's kind of like double dipping, right? So, <laughs> but he did. Uh, he was a, uh, you know, was a businessman and he was a distiller. Um, you learn about Louisville's history. And we always hear about Kentucky's history, but you very rarely hear about Louisville's history. 
So with, with that, you're going to learn that. Uh, and it's kind of like, I, I would describe it as kind of like an Epcot kind of an attraction. Uh, we use, uh, we use video, uh, and we, uh, so it's, you, you go through and you see that history of Whiskey Row on Main Street where we're located and things kind like that. Kind of immersed that. in the whole field. Yeah. So we try to get you really excited about that and, uh, and, and about who Evan Williams was. And, uh, and we were not related to the Evan Williams family whatsoever, right? It was a brand that we, that we created. Um, but we did, uh, you know, before, for the Wikipedia and the Google machine in the 1950s, we had to actually hire historians and find who was the first commercial distiller in 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 uh, our area, and that would have been Evan Williams. So that's why uh, uh, we made Evan Williams um, bourbon, created that, and uh, so we, we we make this building all about Evan Williams and that history. So that's what you're going to learn here. And not only that tour, but you also have uh, mm-hmm. where we're sitting at now in the basement. Absolutely, we have this speakeasy tour, which uh, um, now we have two two uh, tastings that happen down here. One of them will be all about prohibition, so that's why we're in the speakeasy because you you had to uh, speak easy and quiet so nobody can hear you. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, but it gets a little raucous uh, sometimes, um, and so you learn all about prohibition and and that and the uh, the uh, the tour guide uh, bartender, if you will, uh, stays in character. And tells you all about like he's in the 1920s, you know, or or she uh, in the 1920s. And then we have a new new uh, uh, experience that is uh, tells the history of the the first African American published cocktail mixologist um, who had a cocktail book. His name was Tom Bullock, and he was at the Penn Dennis Club. And so uh, one of our tour guides here, George, uh, really immersed himself into it. And he stays in character and he's Tom Bullock. And you make that old fashioned uh, that that he would have made at the, the Penn Dennis Club. And to see hear that history, uh, it's just, you know, it's something different. And it is an experience that you can, uh, you know, uh, I think remember fondly when yeah. you leave here. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I, I assume for the moment you're on limited, limited hours. Most, most places are, but, uh, we all hope in that limited days, limited right? days yeah. and um, uh, limited people. We used to have 20 people on our tour. Now there's six. Uh, but it uh, looks like the, looks like the clouds are parting a little bit and there's some, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter. And hopefully it's not a train going to run us over, but um, hope. But I think um, uh, things are heading in the right direction, and I think that um, I do know and do believe firmly that bourbon tourism will bring um, the city and the uh, state uh, back faster than most other states and cities. So, Bernie, where where can we find? Where can our listeners find uh, you and um, the Evan Williams experience on social media? Sure. Uh, so um, just Google, uh, if you Google Evan Williams Bourbon Experience, um, all the, the, the website will come up, the, 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 uh, the, the phone number will come up. Right now we're doing all the tours through uh, uh, reservations on website. Uh, we also have the Bourbon Heritage Center in Bardstown, Kentucky. And if you Google that, the website comes up and we've just done a incredible, um, uh, re- uh, we've redone everything. We've got a glass, two glass sides of a, of a huge Rick house that, that it's just going to be amazing part of the, uh, the tour. Um, we, but I also encourage if you want to learn a little bit about our brands, but also just about bourbon in general, but uh, at heavenhilldistillery.com. 
uh, we've got some incredible videos and some incredible uh, education on that of just how a Rick house is built. We have a time-lapse photography of, of uh, how a Rick house has been built and things like that. So there's a lot of great information there. And then I have my own personal website, which is whiskey prof because I'm the whiskey professor. So whiskey prof, P-R-O-F.com. And uh, it, there's information on bottle and bond and different, different, uh, you know, just uh, uh, articles and that on, uh, on, on bourbon and whiskey. And people can hire you to come and speak too, right? Well, Max pays me. So, uh, so, no, you. so you can't hire me. So, uh, so I'm, I'm paid by heaven. I'm an employee at Heaven Hill. So, uh, nah, <laughs> I, I, I can't be hired, but you can call, you can, you can request me and I can, I can show up. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's that's nice to me. I think. Well, well I have a request. Mm-hmm. That guitar is seeming awful well, lonely over there. Can we play another song? Absolutely. Well, this is a, another song that I wrote, and um, because we're on Whiskey Row here in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, and when you go to the Bourbon Heritage Center in Bardstown, that was uh, if you go down North Third Street there, that was called Distillers Row. Because all the master distillers lived right on North Third Street there. That's where uh, Fred and Sandy live. Uh, no live there. And next door is uh, uh, Freddie and Kay. And across the street was Jack Beam. And then uh, next door to the to the to the Nose House and Booker Nose House was the Samuels. Uh, Bill Samuels' dad lived right across the street. So mm-hmm. I call this Distillers Row because I mentioned twenty six bourbons in the song that tell a story. All right. So. My old granddad, he passed away, but he lived 94 years to the day. He's laid to rest right up on Heaven Hill with a spray of four roses on his grave. So we got three here with me. He drank a quart each and every day of some good store-bought Jim Beam. Dr. Forrester said, hey, Pappy, now you better cut it down. But then the good doc passed away, so who's to say? So raise a red eye to old granddad. Don't count that twice. He lived to be an ancient age. That old crow sure left his maker's mark. And now he's drinking with the angels far away. Okay, you should have 10 if you're counting at home. When the weekends rolled around, oh, the stories they did flow Like Yellowstone ambling down Knob Creek Evan Williams start to sing, Brother Elijah's voice would ring Jimmy'd pass a jug to his buddy, Parker Bean So raise a red eye to old granddad He lived to be an ancient age That old scout, he sure left his maker's mark now he's drinking with the angels far away. Wild turkeys, they all were, and like eagles, they were rare. See what I did on that one? They bottled and bonded all the day. And all into the night at Basil Hayden, sheer delight. They tell stories by the cab, and still they raise. Raise the red eye to old granddad. He lived to be an ancient age. That old stag sure left his maker's mark And now he's drinking with the angels far away Got three left he throw old fits if he didn't get his V.O.B. And now he's drinking there with Booker far away All right 26 
How do you remember all those? <laughs> you sing it a few times, right? Yeah, I wrote it, and then I have to. You have to remember it, but yeah, see, and I added three, so it's tough to remember the. It started with sixteen, and now I got twenty six. So it's kind of neat to find a place to crease something else in. So well, that's yeah. like right up there with Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson. I've been uh, everywhere, story, man. Uh, Storytelling. Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today, Bernie. Well, Jim, thank uh, you. And uh, Mike, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Well, you can find us on all the social medias at the Bourbon Road. We also have a website, Mike, right? Yeah, the uh, bourbonroad.com. You can go on there. You can buy our swag on there, that bourbon bullshitter t-shirt. You need to get one of those. Uh <laughs> We also have our Glen Cairns on there, and we have our hat on there, and I promise you soon we're about to have a Bourbon Road t-shirt on there. Um, we'll be putting some photos up of that. We have some articles on there. Uh, check those out. It's not always about the um, episode itself. It could be about something else, something me and Jim I want to talk about. We also have our whiskey reviews on there. Um, sometimes it's about a big boy, but usually it's about a craft distillery, something out there that will be a little bit hard to find, but you want to find those things that we review and uh, support those small distilleries, but the big boys too, every once in a while we'll throw one of those in there. So check out our website. We got some live events coming up. We do. So Mike started doing these live events every week, every Tuesday, at least so far. Tuesday, it's been, Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. It's nine o'clock at night. We, uh, we do a live event. We'll call it our, uh, what bar night with big virtual chief. bar night with big chief. Yeah. Uh, we make sure you make sure you attend that. We also do two shows a week, every Monday and every Wednesday. We do a, a short episode on Mondays where we sort of focus on a, on a new expression, sometimes a craft distillery or sometimes a big boy just depends. Every Wednesday we have a, a guest on like today and uh, we kind of do a deep dive into a, a distillery or an expression or an individual. And today it's been a, a great pleasure to have Bernie on the show. We also have a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. 1,500, 1,600 like-minded individuals, good people, family, right, Mike? Growing every day. You got to answer three questions to get in there. Do you like bourbon? Come on, doesn't everybody like bourbon? <laughs> um, are you 21 uh, in the United States? You got to be 21 to drink. Um, and do you agree to play nice? Because uh, we just don't tolerate any rudeness in there. If somebody's going to drink Evan Williams Bottle and Bond 100 proof um, from the bottom of the shelf, uh, that's what they're going to drink, and we, we're going to praise them for it. Cheer them on. Uh, heck yeah. Um, so that's what that's what we got, Jim. Yeah. Well, it, it like I said, Mike, it's been great, uh, you know, to spend a little time here at Evan Williams. It's been extra great to get back out on the road, <laughs> stretch our bones, stretch our muscles a little bit, carry the gear around. I don't mind. Do you mind? I don't care at all. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> you know, Bernie has assured us that uh, our next time with him is going to be down at Heaven Hill. I'm excited. So we can uh, do we're, that. we're excited to get down there. We love some Heaven Hill products. Obviously, we do. Uh, we came here today. Um, get downtown Louisville when everything opens back up. Support these businesses down here and help it thrive. Uh, there's so much to do down here. Um, he was talking about Evan Williams. It is a stone's throw from the waterfront. Literally. literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's some stuff down there. There's two riverboats down there. There's an old Coast Guard life-saving station down there uh, built in 1881. Listen up, Coasties. Um, <laughs> so come to Louisville. Spend your money in Louisville. Come to these experiences. It's well worth your time and money. I'll guarantee you that. And we've got our ears open, fellas, gals. We like to hear uh, what it is you want to hear about, uh, who it is you'd like to have on the show, what expressions you'd like reviewed. Make sure you reach out to us. On Instagram, I'm Jay Shannon 63 I'm one big chief. And we'll see you down the bourbon road. Bourbon.